Life can throw a lot at you. But imagine if your life were different, better, not because of what's coming at you, but because of what's coming from you. Let's get there together. Join us and imagine yourself. Everyone, grab your coffee and get focused for today at Imagine Yourself. I'm Lene. And this is Sandy. And well, you know, I've got my coffee, but I need to know why we need to be so pumped up today. Because we're imagining living lives and careers and having experiences that offer balance versus burnout, Sandy. That is exciting if we can get a handle on it. And I think you've got an expert that you brought in to speak to us today, right? We have in the studio someone I find to be an extraordinary motivator. He's willing to shine some light on how we can be more productive, creative, and just more awesome. (laughs) His name is Josh Schneider. He's an entrepreneur, speaker, and author of the book's Generation Next Level, and five days to your best work yet. But most importantly, he's a family man, husband, and sleepless dad of three (laughs) little ones. (laughs) We want to welcome you, Josh Schneider. Lene, Sandy, excited to be here. Since you are a sleepless dad, I'm betting that you've already had a little coffee this morning. (laughs) Four cups. I had to stop halfway from home to here just to pick up another. Oh, then we're really, we really appreciate you coming then here. (laughs) So not only are you balancing a lot at home and at work, but you're helping other people do that and releasing their creativity and passion and a hundred other things. So I think we should just release you on the audience. Well, that's a scary endeavor, but... (laughs) When you look at maybe the wealthiest or the most successful people, what are they fighting for? They're fighting for margin, margin in their schedule, margin to do what they want to do, margin to breathe. If you say, what's your greatest dream? It's like, oh, I want to sit on a beach and drink a daiquiri. And I'm like, well, that will probably be good for three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) And then you'll be bored. (laughs) You'll have tasted all the daiquiris. And now the desire for meaning and purpose will start to swell again in your life. Sure. But it's that idea of peace. And I think peace can be different for all of us. It's not just about meditation. It's not just about finding silence. There's a hundred different ways. There's 19 different breathing apps. Sometimes we just need to like hear our own thoughts or be a filter. So getting that time is hard, but I read once in one of your blogs where you said taking five minutes of silence during your commute is a good time to collect your thoughts. Getting in that car and finding a little bit of breath, a little bit of margin, because by the time you get home, the the kids are going at 100 miles an hour. And then how was your day? What's going on? And all of a sudden you forgot that tomorrow is cookie day and now you got to run back out to Kroger. And like we are in a beautiful connected world, but it has brought on all of these extra challenges. Right. Those connections can make life easier, but like you said, more challenging as well, especially when everything is fighting for our bandwidth and even a notification on our phone can pull us away. Right. hundred percent. And that's where I have some friends that have turned their phones into black and white. So it's less stimulating. Um, I have almost all notifications off like text messages. I use a separate email app. So that way my business, my lead generating emails, I get a notification. But if it's kind of normal day stuff, (laughs) believe me, I'll check my email enough. (laughs) I don't need to get to it this moment. Now, if I get a lead, I want to 
be on that fast. I use my mail app on my iPhone, but then I use a separate one that has a notification. So getting that important stuff that you need to act on in the moment, but setting boundaries on the stuff that you don't necessarily need in your face all the time. Right. I saw this quote that says balance is not better time management, but better boundary management. Hmm. And balance means making choices and enjoying those choices. And the things that you have just mentioned are about boundaries that you have with yourself, that you have with others. And I find that fascinating. And like you said, taking five minutes in silence as you drive with no other external stimulation coming in at you might be the key to helping you have that self-reflection that leads to what your next step is going to be in life, what you do and don't like about what you're currently doing and living with, and might even bring some creative thought to your brain that you just didn't have time to manifest before, right? And that five minutes is going to feel like an eternity. <laughs> yeah, it's going to feel like <laughs> The <an hour. laughs> need to pick up your phone or like, oh my gosh, what if this happened? And what if when we begin to create some space and open it up, even to reflect back on a conversation, you cannot quantify what comes through your mind at that point. It begins to replay the day. I can't tell you how many times it's like, wow, I, I interacted with that person that way or, ooh, I said that. And sometimes I go in and organizations, like, how do we prepare people for the future? The future is a little bit unknown. To me, it's so beautiful what work will become, the tools that we'll get to operate with and the progress and the creativity. However, if we cannot control what's going on in our brain, meaning we are just caught up in the chaos, then we're not going to be able to slow down enough to have those fresh ideas come through in order for us to utilize and to be able to maximize. The game is going to be changing for how we work in the next 10 years. I think it's those who are able to slow down enough to be able to see the opportunity. Because if you go along with the flow, hey, you'll be average and standard. But I don't. none of us wake up and want to be average standard. We want to thrive. We didn't have kids to just usher them through to the next stage of life. But that's the challenge is we've got work and it's competing. And heck, even if you're a stay-at-home mom, that is not a simple role. It's not. (laughs) Work is simple because there are boundaries and there are some rules. At home with two, three kids, there are no rules. I mean, there are rules, but the kids are, they're trying to do whatever it is that they can do to live and express and feel and learn. It's so counterintuitive, but we have to find a way to almost do this reset and finding this quiet time. It's not magical, but like you said, these things start to come to the surface and it could be as big as, like you said, an idea of purpose or what I should do. But you know, when we are on the treadmill, it is at 10 all the time. How do we find ways to just get off of it for a moment so we can see, catch our breath and even feel what it is that we should be feeling? So I've read in your blogs, too, that you said people are different. And we know that the five minutes is a good general rule. But you say introverts and extroverts, for example, have a different way that they release their creativity and whatnot. So would that also affect the way they might recharge or spend their downtime. And that right there is the truest tenant of introvert versus extrovert. So many people are like, they love talking in front of groups of people because they're extroverted. Well, actually, I've been introverted for a lot of years, but getting up in front of a group of a thousand people is the most amazing experience I could think of in life. But what it truly means, the truest definition, introvert is somebody who when they need to recharge and get energy back, 
they need to kind of go be by themselves or they need to have a deep, meaningful connection, a close friend that they could just spend a couple hours with. They're going to recharge versus an extrovert finishes a, a day of work that's just so slam busy and they're like, who can I call to go eat for dinner and drinks because they want to get or a long week and they're like, where are we going? It's Friday night. That's how they recharge. That's the true introvert and extrovert. Our roles and, and how we choose to live life. When I hear someone say an introvert doesn't like people, no, they just don't like talking about sports and the weather. <laughs> they love Small people. Talk. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so how do we find these ways that recharge us? And here's the other thing. I love me some shows. Who doesn't? Well, binge watching. Exactly. We can sometimes watch four or five hours of TV and think we're relaxing, but we're not recharging. And there's a difference between relaxing and recharging. And I'm a big believer of like six days or five days on, and you've got to have that day of rest. You've got to have time. So you take like the weekend, and stereotypically somebody says, well, I've got a list of these things I need to do. And some of those will give energy, and some of those will take energy. There's a true story to this, but it's called the tingly feeling. I like the tingly feeling. Okay. <laughs> and it's not what you think. So no hey. coffee is involved? <laughs> or other things? No. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when I was at the CPA firm, my coworker, Jen, she looks up at me. It's just her and I out late one, one night at a client. She looks up at me and she goes, Josh, I've got a tingly feeling. And I was like, what? And what she goes on to say was, I have a tingly feeling because the numbers match. Now, let me paraphrase for you. She said, Microsoft Excel just gave me a tingly feeling. In that moment. Usually makes me curse. (laughs) Exactly, right? And I got mad because she was saying, when I do all of this work, a week's worth of work in the numbers match, I am ecstatic. And for me, I thought when I do all of this work and the numbers match, I'm thinking nothing changed, meaning I just wasted my time. Now, what we've seen is that this tingly feeling, this moment actually is Jen was not lying. There was this part of her work that when she had this moment of satisfaction, there was dopamine, oxytocin, and serotonin that was released into her system, released into her body. And so she was telling the the total truth, like, I actually feel really good. And when something feels good, we want to do it again. And what we know is that when something feels good and we want to do it again, it's because it's giving us We need to get a return. When we look at our money and ROI, we're saying, what's my return on my investment? Yes. And when we look at our energy and what we're committing ourselves to and what we say yes and no to, we need to be thinking, what's going to be my return on this time? Sometimes that means you have to be a little ruthless to what you say yes or no to. But in reality, in our work, if we can find out what that time is for us, and we've seen that, unfortunately, that tingly feeling moment for everybody that we interview and we talk to is roughly about 4 to 5% of our working week, meaning that 90 plus percent of our time is challenging. It pulls at us. It takes our focus. It takes our energy. So we have to identify what part of our work is that 4%. Here's the hard thing, too, is once we convert into the weekend or once we convert into the evening, We have to find out what those deep moments of connection are with our kids, our spouse, our closest friends. Mm, So important. I was given this blessing of being 14 when my sister was born. And what that did for me, I can now think back to her as a baby in my arms and it seems as though no time has passed. And so from a young age, if you will, I've been able to realize that time is so beautiful. It's so precious. And we need to find those tingly feeling moments, those moments of deep connection. Because when we think back to the greatest memories, 
with either a parent or a close friend. It's not about the 47 hours we spent together. It's a few key moments, a few key experiences when somebody opened up and shared with you how they felt about something and you felt so connected to that person. And there's no one silver bullet on how we beat burnout, on how we stay focused, on on how it is we overcome all of the challenges and obstacles. But there are beautiful people in our lives that we've chosen to let in. And we need to find those moments with them. And the same thing is true with our job. And I think especially at work, we go from one thing to the next. And I mean, how many times does one of your kids do something and you're just like, oh, that's so precious or it warms your heart in, in such a way. And then nine seconds later, we're like, why did you do that? And so, <laughs> Yeah, every day. Exactly. And it's just real. And it's not about right or wrong, but... Listen, in no way are we saying give up on 95% of your life. <laughs> By no means are we saying that. But it's, I think there was a song that said the grass is greener where you water it. Yeah. Yes. Nothing will ever be 100% enjoyable, 100% blissful. If you start your own company doing the one thing that you absolutely love, which would be like the dream of so many people, guess what? There are 90 plus percent of the time that challenges are coming at you and that is okay and that's how we learn to ebb and flow and live with life but if we are constantly looking to stretch that and i need more joy i need more in some ways it's the when i then i'll when i get this new house then i'll be happy when i get the promotion then i'll stay the extra five hours and if we're living from this position of the when i'll then i'll we are constantly thinking that the next thing is the next thing and what that also opens the door up to is that in the event of there being a major problem, we will find something else of lesser problematic value to replace that. And we will hold a space for a big problem in our life. It doesn't mean we don't deal with these challenges, but if we get into that mindset and over the years I've had to, and this will sound crazy, but I have started to operate and live life, my wife Jen and I, from the position of it is already completed what we desire, now we are just working backwards from it. Interesting. That is a beautiful way to do things because the other way seems like you're setting yourself up for dissatisfaction on a regular basis. But I don't understand how to incorporate your way. I want to do it your way. <laughs> yeah. And even when you were talking about the when I'll, then I'll, I was thinking, because Lene and I have talked about that before, like, oh, I'll be happy when this happens, but not until then. It's a mentality a lot of us have. So how about the acronym instead of Wi-Fi, we call it Y-Tai. And then we can remind ourselves that it's not all about Y-Tai. <laughs> exactly. And like you said, how to work ourselves backwards. Well, I mean, if we go back to when you and I met. Years ago. Years ago. Yes. We met when you came into a restaurant to have dinner with your husband. It was our anniversary. It was your anniversary. <laughs> yes. And I was your server. Yes. And wow. I'm putting you on the spot, but what was it about me that resonated with you? I can tell you that very easily. You gave us the impression, at least, that we were special, that you were qualified, that you were enjoying the whole experience as much as we were. And like I said, because it was our anniversary, those things are important. That's when we realized we want to come back to this establishment. We want to interact with this 
person again. And then years later, when we saw that you were becoming an entrepreneur, a speaker, an author, all of these other things, we wanted to get behind you because that first impression of being interested in us as individual people and, again, your competence at whatever it is that you happen to be doing and your enjoyment of it, that paved the way. And, of course, that's why when we introduced you and I said you are an extraordinary motivator, that's why we wanted to have you on the show because our whole concept is imagining ourselves in these better positions. And that's what you inspired and that's what you've done. So, boom. <laughs> All right. Wow. Hopefully we captured that on recording. I'm going to have that be my introduction from now on. <laughs> but that's it. I'd written my first book at that time. I was already trying to do the thing that I'm now doing for a living. I showed up to that restaurant every day saying, I'm here. This is my job before my job. Like you said, you felt my passion. You felt that I was competent. I could have easily looked at that and said, this is awful. This is my current circumstance. Listen, whether somebody wants to be an entrepreneur or have more stability at home or move forward in their corporate role because they believe they deserve the next promotion, if we can develop this job before the job mentality. When I approached a table of two of you or eight business people, I knew I wanted to be a speaker and share information. This was my opportunity right in front of me. I have human beings who are giving me their attention. Can I deliver information in a way that makes them say, wow, I get it. Can I give them an experience that is different? Because I knew, great, I've got two people here in front of me who are here for a reason. When I'm at a conference speaking to a thousand people, I've got a thousand people who are here for a reason. And I put myself in that moment right there at the table, even though there was two of you. I found ways to open the bottle of wine differently. So that way I created a different experience. I mean, I know one time Carolyn was like, I love that tomahawk, but I really wish that you had lobster on the menu and we didn't carry it in house. So I stopped by on my way into work and picked up a lobster tail. And it's like, that goes back to the, what is it? Why tie? Yeah. Why tie? When I, then I, yeah. When you feel like you are going to step into the fullest version of who you want to become, you imagine you will do these things at a level of excellence. If you can't convince yourself to do things with a level of excellence and create experiences for people, wherever you are, whatever role, whatever position you're in, you can't just turn it on at the next level. Wow. Man. Because so many people phone it in at that level. Like, it's easy. They're like, this is a below me. Nothing is below anyone, of course, but it's easy to feel that way sometimes. It gives you staying power. When you are convinced that you're going somewhere, but you are being that person now, you've said, forget when I, then I'll. It's then I will right now. You become that person. We're so focused on what everything is doing. It's easy for us to push aside who we're actually becoming. And when we can focus on who we are becoming, it gives us staying power to push through any obstacle because we are focused on, listen, if I can become that person and I believe in myself, then I'm going to get the breakthrough that I desire. might not be next year, might not be next month, but if I'm going somewhere, I might as well become that person. There's no barrier to becoming the person you ultimately want to do. No money, no circumstances can impact or change who you are becoming. That is a powerful word right there that I think we underestimate. But just from what you said, becoming, it absolutely wipes out the wind 
I, then I'll. You're Y-tai. already in that process. <laughs> Get rid of Waitai and replace it with becoming. Wherever you are right now, whatever you're doing right now, do it at your best level, your best capacity, and rise up from that spot as opposed to waiting till you get to such and such spot to be excellent. And the habits that you develop, and in your case, Lene, the relationship with Josh. Yes, that's why I'm trying to pin this down to how many years ago it was, because it has been sustainable because of who you are, who you were, because of who you were becoming that whole time. (laughs) And the same with me also. I was not doing podcasts back then, but I was on my way to my purpose as well. Well, this is amazing. I think we have learned a lot here. And I will say that Josh is a wealth of information. I think you focus mainly on work, but clearly these things can work for you if you're in business, you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're retired. It's just good balance. And what is it again? No why tie becoming. Just It's a exactly. way to live your life. Yeah. It's got all the... It's not even a trifecta. It's got like a whole tenfold thing. It's got productivity going on here as far as making sure that you're productive at whatever state and level you are, balance at whatever level, time management, like we said, too, boundary management, and the tingly feeling. That was just (laughs) a new one that is worthwhile also. So where can we find all of your fabulous stuff, Josh? So website is joshschneider.com. Also LinkedIn, I love to, uh, you know, as long as you don't try and sell me something, the moment we connect (laughs) on LinkedIn, I will connect with anybody because I believe that we all have beautiful perspective. The world needs all of us to show up and be the best. And the best doesn't mean in connection to somebody else. It just means our best work, our best effort. And so I love to see what different people are sharing, what different people are interested in. So Love to connect on LinkedIn every two weeks. We put out some research or latest article. We've got some fun stuff coming up as well. Along with your books, along with the fact that many people listening might need a keynote speaker because we do understand that your specialty tends to be more on careers and employee engagement and helping organizations to function more effectively. But we really kind of pulled it around to make it so that Today, we kind of had it where we are focusing on how to make individuals more efficient and effective and productive. And we appreciate that you shared that with us because, like Sandy said, many of our listeners come from all different walks and spectrums. And you can use those same techniques to hone in on everything for getting to the next level. That's your book, <laughs> Generation Next Level. Which, which aren't companies filled with individuals and human beings? Exactly. Uh-huh. Yes, we're exactly. All, we're all human. Not robots. Exactly. Not yet, anyway. That's another issue. Yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> which is why we need to have margins so we can be creative and learn how to best utilize the tools that are coming. I can't even imagine the technology that's going to be around. My son is in college, and when I think about what's going to be happening when he's in the business world, It's crazy. But Josh gave us hope on that, too, because it is very easy to look at the news and look at the way that research is explaining that our connections with other people is starting to break down. But you've given us a lot of hope that there's some cool aspects and some good aspects that are yet to come as well. As long as we handle it correctly, right? As long as we handle it correct. And as long as we take those little five dang on minutes (laughs) to just sit 
and be and listen because people of faith would say that God might have something to speak into their hearts right at that moment. People realize that your own brain has something to share or that you just need that time. Even everybody knows that you must every once in a while turn your phone off, (laughs) let it power off completely, and then turn it back on so that it can, like we talked about earlier, recharge, regenerate. But we just forget some of these principles. That's why we have this podcast, to remind you all (laughs) to do these things. So is it time for takeaway or before we turn to Josh, sometimes I call Lene Dr. Lene only because she has so many wise things to say. And because I've stayed in Holiday Inn Express. That's right. (laughs) But so Lene is going to do a takeaway. But before we hand it to her, do you have like a wrap up takeaway for us? The thing that burdens me the absolute most is the thought that somebody hates their job because that means that they're raising a family under the premise of that work needs to suck. And, you know, when we look at the next generation and we look at the future, I want this current workforce to be raising families with, listen, it's, we see it. It's 5%. 5% of our work is what's telling our body and our mind and our heart. Yes, this is worth it. I didn't get into it today, but there's a question we all ask ourselves that, and maybe this sums it up, but there's a question that we all ask ourselves. We have never consciously asked this question. But the question is, is my future brighter than my past? And every part of us, our heart, in every key relationship and, and how you walk in, if you walked into work and, and your cubicle or your office was packed up in a box, you are immediately thinking, my future is not brighter. You walk in and all of a sudden your cubicle or your office has been upgraded. You're immediately thinking, my future is brighter. Every key relationship, we are scanning the environment, looking for evidence is my future brighter than my past? And so sometimes we get so focused on the percentage of balance. Am I home? Am I gone? Listen, everybody finds that right answer for them. But if we can just support ourselves and truly believe that we provide incredible value to our relationships, incredible value at work, and we find out what that is, it changes how we feel. And if we can change how we feel, we're changing the language of our body. And if we can change the language of our body, we can change the language of our mind and our thoughts. And if we begin to do that, if we could just do one thing and start looking for evidence that our future truly is brighter, and sometimes it's hard, but if we can find that, all of these pieces start to come into play and they start to fall in line. And I know it sounds maybe crazy and you're thinking five minutes isn't going to do nothing. Get quiet for five minutes, seven days in a row. Your mind is going to scream at you telling you there's a hundred things you need to do and you got to write down these 17 things or else you're going to forget and your life will never be the same. It's going to happen. But if you can fight against that, it opens up on the other side to start to provide evidence that your future truly can be brighter. Well, then I've got to follow behind that with the takeaway. So I'm going to use the great Dolly Parton. Oh, well, she says here, working nine to five, talking about working nine to five. She says, never get so busy making a living that you forget to make a life. And that seems to pair right with what Josh is telling us about making sure that we are balancing all of these things, that we are taking time to really listen, that we are becoming that whole process and not just rushing through it or looking to the other side where it's supposedly so much greener, but we haven't watered it. There are 
500 things that I have learned from this episode today. (laughs) So I'm not even going to try to summarize it. I really am just going to take time to simply thank you, Josh. Thank you for enlightening us on all of these different topics. With that said, imagine yourself making time for the important things in life, using all of your potential in the most balanced, productive ways possible, and live a life worth living. Thanks for listening. Now we'd like to hear from you. Got an idea for the show? Want to share your story or just say hello? Make sure you connect with us. You can do that at imagineyourselfpodcast.com. And we'll talk to you again next time when we have something new to imagine.